Clinton. Okay, so it's that's it's Clinton. That's because I know. All right, everybody, we are back from our, let's see, what do we call it? Summer break, summer recess. Um, we took a couple of weeks off and we're back with an incredible, I think, topic today. Today we're talking about labels and the dangers of mislabeling people and relationships. And so, uh, as you can see, we have Derek Lewis with us. Uh, we have Clinton Tyus with us. We have. I say you was playing hooky, but that's all right. <laughs> playing hooky. I wasn't playing hooky. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I want to jump kind of right on in uh, and get started. Um, this, this topic kind of originated from a conversation I was having uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I kind of realized that maybe that there are a lot of people who might, if they think about it, find themselves in situations whereby they are either purposefully or inadvertently caught up in situations where relation, where the relationship either with a person or, uh, with, um, um, or, or with a group of people or with an institution, if you will, is not clearly defined. And then as a result, um, there are misunderstandings that can brew from that, if you will. And so I guess kind of the initial question, Derek, um, when you think about labels that you put on both people and relationships, um, what kind of power does a label hold? Oh, wow. That's such a deep question. Um, so I guess this, to be completely honest, for me, it, 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 if, if it's me labeling someone else, um, although I feel like I try, I've learned to stop doing that and just to allow others to sort of become and tell me who they are, right? And whatever that is, I go with it. But when we talk about relationships, me personally, I need to have sort of, I need to clearly understand what the roles are. And so the power of that is, I think just like assumptions and stereotypes and um, think like the, just how, how our brain recognizes patterns. So if, if like, if I can label you as something that I recognize, then I know what to expect, so. Okay, Q, I'm gonna ask you the same question. What kind of power does labels have? It, 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 yes, it carries a lot of power, um, specifically whatever that label is. Every label has a, a set list of criteria on it. Some defined, some not defined, but there are certain uh, labels that's universally, you know what 
comes along with that label. Um, so yeah, now you got something to, you have a, a something to live up to. You have a structure to abide by. Um, I don't want to say you belong to another person, but there are parts of you that don't solely belong to yourself when you have certain labels, even to the, just the level of friendship. There's certain, um, there's certain expectations. So yeah, the labels carry otherwise. That's the reason for the label. The having the label says, um, because I view you this way, we view each other like this. This is the connection that we've agreed upon. There's a certain certain level of expectations that come with that. Okay, you say that, but now here here's the question: What if, what if somebody defines you differently than you define them? So now you have competing expectations. Uh, even that's which uh, see it depends on what the label is now that's the you, you had to be more specific about what what is that label well, I, well now, and hold on, hold on let me say this also dr bright okay there's there certain labels that need to so, some labels a person can just place upon you other labels need to be agreed upon some labels people shouldn't don't have the right to put on you if you haven't agreed upon that label now see that's kind of, that's at the heart of where I'm going to eventually go. And, and I'm glad you said that because Derek, you said uh, you said you you allow people to kind of define themselves sometimes. That you you do offer um, the placement of labels. And so when you do that, you do then kind of assign an expectation in terms of what um you relationships if we're talking relationships i feel like then i need to define that for myself right but just because that's my personality i feel like i that allows me to have expectations and all those type of things but i've also when, we, when it comes to sort of people um that's where i've learned that it's better to just let people tell me who they are and just go with that um whether i believe that or not if that makes sense only because I, I, you know, but their identity is theirs, right? I don't really know. And and what I see with my eyes could be completely wrong, right? Um, or I could be changing. Like I could be calling you, identifying as what you are today, and you might be on your way to something tomorrow, if that makes sense. All right. So Bishop Foreman, I started out uh, by asking both Derek and Q, like, um, what kind of power does a label have? I mean, I, I agree with uh, what they both said. I think a label is super powerful. I mean, think about it. You go to the grocery store, you're reading the label. You're not necessarily experiencing the product, but based on what you believe the product to be, based on what the label says, it gives you a reasonable expectation as to what it should be. Uh, and so we shop labels. Think about infomercials. We are, we're All we're doing is seeing imagery and believing the imagery that's presented from that infomercial or online shopping, Amazon, what have you. So I think when you say what type of power does a label have? A label uh, is the zenith of power as it relates to the representation of a thing. Okay, so then um, what potentially happens when something, when you come to know that something is mislabeled or someone is mislabeled, how do you address the disconnect? 
Great question. I mean, I think that's exactly that's exactly where the issue comes in with relationships, friendships, business partnerships, whatever, is that um, I thought it was frosted flakes, not flakes with sugar on them. Um, so I thought it was Fruit Loops, not Fruitanglios, right? Um, so it's a, it's a, and for those that know the know the difference, uh, Fruit Loops is the is the, is the name brand. Fruitanglios is in the bag. And wow. they say, I don't eat cereal, I haven't eaten cereal in years, but while they say it tastes the same, it does not. Um, while even some of the ingredients are similar, they are not the same. And so when something is mislabeled, and I love what you said earlier, some labels, a person may take it upon themselves. But I think the best thing to do is to have a mutual understanding with every person in your life. Exactly what seat do you fill in my life? So we label this correctly, because if I come to you and I am expecting water, but I get bleach, one will give life. The other will poison. Now, to add on to that, if, if you're going along with the, 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 the supermarket uh analogy along with label labels also establish value um and then when you talk about you look at a label to establish the value of something so what's the cost of it and also what's the cost based upon the quantity of it um so it's, it's different ways to to critique or establish value on, on a label that you have i think that's cool oh oh i don't know if this is gonna take you in the wrong direction but what i will say when you talk about people who mislabel you on a side note i'd say i would question the relationships that that person has if a person labels me incorrectly then it makes me wonder like if you incorrectly call me a friend like what what does friends look like to you like what does your friends look like to you if if the distant relationship that we have is something that you're willing to call a friendship i would dare to say that you don't have very many good friends and, 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 but that could also be you, though, because their their idea of a friend might be different than what your idea is of a friend. And so you whatever you're giving them, they they truly see it as friendship and you don't. So, I mean, I think that's where, like, communication has to come in, I guess. Um, you know, active listening. So, so Derek, you, you bring that up. And, and this kind of what I want to ask you. Have you ever had to have a conversation? where you have really had to define this is what we are or um i know you see me as this but that's not how i see you and i ask you that because yeah. i think we get in the habit of kind of informally accepting what people call us and then we also call them back that probably out of not wanting to hurt their feelings right so somebody says you're my best friend. You might not want to. Uh, you might not say no. I'm. I'm. You're not my best friend, but we cool. I mean, because that kind of sounds gruff. It sounds rough. Whatever. So I'm saying, have you? And I'm gonna ask each of you. Have you had a situation where you said, "Hey, we need to talk about how we define whatever this is." Yeah, so for me, definitely, I've had those those conversations several times, um, and and sometimes I feel like it may have worked, and sometimes it hasn't because sometimes you can clearly communicate, but they just have a different idea, like they have different expectations, and I think that's where we get in trouble. For me, because then that person has a 
expectation of me that I can't fulfill, right? So, and I don't like that because then I feel like I'm letting them down and all that kind of stuff. So, Q. Yeah, uh, I don't think I've really had that issue too much. You can use whatever label you want to with me, um, and I don't have an issue with that. Now, there has been issues, just small issues, when somebody somebody would say, because if you say I'm your best friend, who am I to say that you? I might be the best friend that you got? So who who's to say that you're wrong? I wouldn't correct you on that. Um, but in an instance like when a person says um, something simple, um. Oh man, you gonna do me like that? I thought we was friends. I'm like, no, mm -mm, we wasn't. We not friends. We we play basketball together. <laughs> now, no, and I'm serious about it because I'm I, I take my friend friends and my friendship very serious. Sure. No, we're not friends. We play basketball together. Now, um, and and we cool. I'm cool with you. Let me take you out to lunch. We actually sit down and we do something outside of just our common playing basketball or whatever the situation is, and then we can become friends. Um, but at this point, the only the only connection we have is to this sport or I only see you at church or I only see you. And no, we're not friends because we have no. Um, no, we, we don't connect on any other level outside of this one commonality. Um, so I'm quick to tell a person, no, no, we're not friends. Not not yet. So and, and, and I like that because I'll be honest, I haven't had a lot of those conversations. I typically. Um, uh, uh, Bishop Foreman told me many times that you operate with a lot of mercy, and sometimes I can be a real butthole, right? I'm, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just put that out there. I can be a real butthole, but then there's sometimes that I just like, mm, you know, it's just easier not to deal with. So my question to you, kind of Bishop Foreman, is what happens if you accept? Because Q said if they said. I'm this. Well, you know, I'm not going to necessarily say I'm not there. And I guess the example we used was best friend. I'm not there. But what happens if you don't correct it and then they have an expectation of what a best friend is supposed to act like and you don't fulfill it? You know, I, this is me. I am I am in favor of clarity um, because I think what happens a lot of the times when people fall out and you see a lot of drama in relationships, connections, friendships, you know, uh, all of the above is because of a lack of clarity. Right. If your expectation based on how an individual perceives or labels upon their own volition, if that is this. But the realization of what happens is this. The chasm between the two becomes disappointment. It becomes frustration. It becomes anger. So I'm a believer in clarity. So I, I like um, I like a, a little bit about what both of you said. Me personally, I believe in defining that. Um, even down to the use of the term like I love you. Um, I, and I was going to go there next. But right, well, I, I remember I was 16. I, I was I was dating I was dating a pre cougar when I was 16. She was eight. A pre cougar, huh? Pre cougar, because <laughs> they didn't call it that then. But so I was 16. She was 18, and uh, and so I was. We were dropping. I was dropping her off at home, and she and I just remember this story because it it, it just is the most palpable um, way for me to illustrate the point. And so she said, um, she said, I love you. And my response, because I didn't love her. My response was, we're going to talk about that. Now, 
I could have ran game on her and said, I love you too. But the truth was, I, I didn't, I just keep it real. But I, I did, I'm not that type of person. That's not me. So I literally, my response literally, we don't talk about that. So, I, I, I would have probably just repeated that, to be honest with you, Bishop. Me, right. I, I would have just said that. I, I mean, if I'm thinking about it, I would just say, I love you. Uh, and I probably would have just said, I love you too. But right. in my head, I'm going to be saying, not, probably not the same way you love me, but I love you because you're a human being and I'm supposed to love everybody. Right. And, and, and that's when you get into to those castles. And that's what I'm saying. And that's where the issue comes in. And so I don't want to reap that. So I'm just a believer in not sowing what I don't want to reap. So I don't want somebody lying to me. Uh, I got your back and they don't have my back. I don't want them lying to me. So I don't believe in sowing what I don't want to reap. So that's literally what I said. And, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I, but I take that same mentality. I believe in clarity. Um, and so when it comes to friendship, I'll even correct myself. Bishop, you and I, I've done this on the phone. I said, a friend, of, uh, a strong acquaintance of mine, because they haven't earned the level of friend from my perspective. And I like what Q said, from their perspective, they may view it that way. But if there's ever a, a conversation wherein clarity is needed. I'm a big believer uh, in delivering um, that clarity. Because like for me, a friend, you can't you can't disappear on me for months and, and we call each other friends. Talking about I just was going through. Well, then what do you have friends for? So I ever, obviously I wasn't a friend because you didn't reach me. That's me though. That's me. Everybody's got to you know, do it the way they do. You also got to be careful of some people who will purposefully start professing a label on you in hopes to get a higher <laughs> level of commitment out of you. Okay. Like they just start calling you a friend or calling you my best friend. And then because they start calling you a certain thing, now they have these different expectations that they didn't have before. I'm like, I never signed up on that. Mm -hmm. I am who I was and I'm still being who I am. So those are things you got to watch out for too. I'm sorry. And I, I, when I was talking, I saw Bear go, Mm -mm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. You know, you know me very well. There's no possible. I mean, you could, I don't care who she was. And she was like, oh, I love you. I love you, baby. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, but, so, yeah, I just, but, but I'm a fan I of I think it's rude. I think it's rude to say you love somebody back just because they said to you. If that was the case, how can you say it before then? Just because they said to you the first time, that don't mean that you automatically should re return that back. That's just I'm a me. Fan of, I'm a fan of clarity. And then I think that even with clarity, we have to be clear with our language and with our actions, because a lot of times people like you could say something and they're still because of whatever they believe, they see your actions, they hear your words, they hear everything differently. So it's like you sometimes you have to really be, I don't know, explicit with people. I love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> So Kevin, Kevin says Facebook has caused the misuse of the word friend. Um, uh, and 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 I, I can actually kind of see some of that, you know, on a, on a, on a very, you know, kind of different scale. It gets worse uh, in the mislabeled romantic relationships. Sometimes that can be deadly. Yeah. Uh, Special K Brown. I don't know what that means, Q. I know it's special. He just, tagged, he just tagged him in it. Oh, oh, okay. All right. So, uh, and, and that's kind of where I, I have written down. So when somebody says friend or somebody says, I love you. Uh, so, and I think we kind of uh, dealt with both of those. So here's here's the question too then. Uh, and uh, Q, I'll start with you. What causes 
the mislabeling? Um, can, ooh, I don't, I don't, I, I won't call it. I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That's what I say. So if someone wants to label a person like that, then that's that's up for them to do. Um, but I, I guess I should say this. It's, it kind of goes back to what, what I just said. You label something for what a person has done or what they've been in your life, not what you want or aspire for them to be. That's how you can get disappointment in the label when you try to make someone a spiritual father and that ain't what they've ever been in your life. But that's just what you want them to be in your life. Now, if that's what they've already been in your life, then if you want to label them like that and they want to accept that label, fine. But it's all based upon what this person has already showed you by their actions and their character, not what you want them to be. And, and, and you said that and Bishop Foreman and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, too. And so, Bishop, I'm going to go right on to you. Because uh, he brought in, so we talked about friendships, we talked about kind of relationships in general. Now, this in, in the spiritual side, I think that there are a lot of churchy people who use these titles, spiritual father, spiritual mother, I'm their spiritual son. Uh, you, you, you know, let, talk, talk about that and kind of how that really muddies the water. Open it up. Let's go. All right. So. <laughs> So, so I, I am a big believer, um, and, and I love um, uh, um, the, the, the uh, segue into this, is I'm a big believer that, that because of sometimes desire, that desire can lead, can lead to delusion. Um, um, I like and, that. And, and, I mean, even look at it. I mean, I'm sure everybody on it. I used to, I used to really think. I'm sure everybody's DMs these days. I, I mean, you don't have to have nothing, be nothing, do nothing, and your DMs are gonna be yeah. popular. Um, yeah. Other people get the DMs as full now. And I don't say I don't say that mean. I say that to paint the picture. Um, but everybody's DM. I'm sure every gentleman on here DMs is going. Everybody watching. Um, and what's significant about that is, is uh, when I began to see how some people uh, were in whole relationships, and I've never spoken to them, <laughs> but in their head, they, they got a whole thing going on. Um, it really made me say, wow, um, I think desire can lead to delusion. And I think especially in the world of church, um, one of the things that I see many pastors do, and this works both ways, um, is out of their desire to love, to be paternal, to care, they may label someone as son or daughter who does not regard nor respect them as father. Mm. Um, and evidence that wow. you're not regarded or respected as father is that you couldn't um, you couldn't stop your natural father from being your father. He would be your father, whether you like him, love him, uh, hate him, love him, whatever. Um, and so when we see sort of this musical chairs of of one year, somebody over here, the next year, they over here, next year, they over here, next year. It's like, well, God, dog, you got more daddies than a Moe Povich episode. Um, <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it's just so evidently somebody's not the father. Um, and so one of the things that I learned years ago is, is, is that, um, and then sometimes people reverse, sometimes people will try to father you uh, or, you know, call you their father. But the reality is, is they don't regard you. Um, they don't regard you. They don't do the actions of a son and vice versa. And so I think, um, especially in church, um, that, that type of thing can happen. But let's even go a little bit deeper. Bro insists. 
Um, like I know that's popular terminology to use, but um, you know, Jesus redefined family. Jesus is preaching one day and uh, his mother and brothers show up and they're outside and uh, they say, Hey, Jesus, your mom and brothers are outside. They want to talk to you. And Jesus said, who, are say, who is it? Who is that? Mother and brother. Those are family relationships. He points to the 12 and says, this is my mother and brothers. Whoever does the will of my father. So he redefined family from relatives. They're two different things. We can be related, but not be family. We can be family and not be related. And so in looking at all of that, uh, I think we use a lot of terminology to be endearing, but that has no efficacy. There's nothing behind it. It doesn't mean anything. So you can say, I love you. You're the best thing since sliced bread on Sunday and then disappear and block them on Monday. Um, and I think that especially happens um, amongst, of course, my world. Most of it is spent in the realm of church. Um, I think that's that happens a lot there where it's just it's delusion uh, and that's dangerous. So, Derek, how do you handle people who want to be in and out of your life, in and out of your space, no matter what they call you, friend, uh, uh, whatever? How, how do you handle um, not allowing uh, this you know, swinging door to kind of have. I'm, to be honest, I'm okay with it because I don't have an expectation other than that, right? So once you show me that that's who you are, because you know, you know me, anybody who knows me know that there's a lot of people who know me that I don't, you know, I don't know them, right? So they might know my name and they tell people, oh, I know him. And they, they a lot of people will walk up and say, he's my cousin. They'll say all kinds of stuff, right? Never met them before. So, but I've learned how to just be cordial, be nice or whatever. So if it's a person who knows me or whatever, and they kind of come and go, that's fine. I just don't have an, an uh, I don't have more than that as an expectation of them, right? Now, if you're a person that is supposed to be my best friend or my brother or somebody who I do have an expectation of, um, that is greater than you coming and going, then that's going to be a problem and we need to have a conversation. But I don't have friends like that. I mean, I do have friends that, you know, we can take time apart. Not like when Bishop was talking, I'm a little bit different because I, I feel like I'm okay with a, a friend who I don't talk to every day or like maybe a couple of weeks or what have you. When we do talk, it's like we never left, right? Um, but yeah, it just I think it just depends on the person. I just, when, like, well, you know, when you show me who you are, that's, you know, I just believe you. That's what we're going with. So Q, um, you you talked about like hey you you are you agree with Bishop Foreman about having you know just you know clarity and you've even said well well now you're not there but uh, you know maybe we can try to see if you can get to this space this place right so what if they never arrive how how, how how do you I mean do you not have an expectation that if you give somebody an opportunity to attain that word that they use toward you you don't have a problem if they no, don't no no so what i do is anything that i label somebody that's for me how i view them what they are to me the correction that i spoke about earlier was when someone tries to put a label on me that i don't co-sign on i'm just letting you know that i'm not co-signing on that uh whether you try to tell me i'm your man or you tell me I'm your friend or tell me whatever it is, if I don't co-sign on it, because if I just let it go, then now you co-signing by silence and I don't, I don't want you to get the wrong picture. So uh, that's all I'm saying. But as far as how I view someone, whether I view someone as a friend or a mentor or that's my boo and she just don't know it yet, whatever you want to do, that's all in my mind. Um, 
there's no burden on them to fulfill. There's no burden on them to do anything more than to be what they've been to for me to feel that in my mind in the first place. So with me, like even to follow up with what Derek uh, was saying, um, I, I use a word all the time. I say I compartmentalize when it comes to friendships, relationships. I, I, I heard compartmentalize. you say that so I don't have to throw anybody away. I don't have to get rid of them. I can't say, oh, you let me down. All I do is I just, I say, okay, this is the parameters of our relationship. So we can still be friends, but I'm not going to loan you no money anymore. We can still be friends, but you don't always keep your word. If you get emotional or if you have bad day, then you may, I may not be able to trust you to come help me move on that Saturday if anything happens. I just, you don't always, your word is flimsy. I don't throw you away. I just know how not to, I know how to properly put you in your, in the place that I need you to be in because all friendships are not equal. That's, I think that's the biggest okay. mistake people make you know, okay. just because somebody's um just because he's my friend and I'm their friend. That don't mean we don't equal playing equal levels. There's a lot of relation. There, there's very few friendships that I have that we're actually equal to where I can equally share um, and open myself up the way that they can with me. Many of my relate, uh, my friendships, it's on a mentor. You know, sometimes I have to play more of a mentor role, even though we're friends. Sometimes I'm the mentee in, in certain friendships, but we're not equal. You know, Dr. Bright is someone who could be called a type of friend to me, but we're not on the same level. He's more of a mentor. Uh, he's on, on more of a mentor level than me. We're not on equal playing field as other, other uh, of my friends, but I understand that. And you you walk accordingly to that. But I think that's just where people kind of they they that's where you get let down sometimes when you try to have the same expectations of people um, that they have on you. It just it, it don't work like that. So you said something and 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 you you said something that triggered me. So because I was going to ask you, are there levels? So so we say this is our relationship. Are there levels within that relationship that that people can exist and so you, you you did answer would you agree with that Derek that every friend is not the same type of friend every brother is not the same type of brother every boo ain't the same type of boo yeah definitely I, I I agree wholeheartedly and kind of just to piggyback on what he said um for me it's very important that I know what type of relationship we have right what type of friendship that is and he said something interesting because he said a mentor student kind of or mentor mentee relationship so to me i know that there's some friendship in that but i i, I compartmentalize that differently right so because again there's a lot of people who befriend me and they might call me friend but they really want a teacher right so for me i don't want to get because i in the past i have messed up and started to think oh this is a friendship but it's not a friendship, it's the teacher-student relationship. And you know, we all know what happens when teachers and students cross lines, right? Sometimes it can be very uh, you know, disastrous. And so, Bishop Foreman, that's happened to you a lot, right? People they they connect with you and and they connect with you under the idea that hey, they want to be friends, but they really want to learn how did you do what you do? Uh Give me all of your secrets for free because we friends and don't charge me. Don't, you know, don't have any other expectations for me. 
How have you had to deal with that in the church environment? Great, great point. The same I deal with it in every environment. I, I, I love uh, and will echo the sentiment of compartmentalization. I would use a, I would use this phrase for the sake of alliteration is I categorize correctly. Uh, so I have to quickly ascertain up front, and this is where wisdom comes in. Ecclesiastes says wisdom comes through much sorrow, much grief. So wisdom is a shortcut. It's the appropriate way to apply knowledge. <clears throat> and so I have to quickly ascertain up front what category we need to put you in. And most times when we approach friendships, relationships, anything, we kind of do like Plinko off of uh off of prices, right? Y'all remember Plinko? You just kind of let it fall. No, 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 no. I need to be more specific and strategic about what this is and then guide it down that direction and that particular path. Um, and in that, that comes with, I believe, the questions that you ask up front as you're connecting with someone um, to be clear about what are, what are the intentions? What are the expectations? And most people today live through the lens of, well, you know, I'm just going to kind of see how it goes and all of that. Well, time is money, so I don't have time to waste. So I don't have time for you to figure out what you're going to be to me. I need to quickly figure out what this is so we can put it in the right category um, because I just that's how I approach life. I'm not a big believer in wasting time. Um, and so that's just me. And so for me, um, you're right. I have had, you know, a variety of situations as I think we all have, uh, but for me, I like to quickly, let's get some questions in to figure out where this needs to go. And then let's send it down that path. Now, if we discover there's more great, that's gravy, but at least we didn't miss the meat of it because many times you will miss, um, just to the whole student teacher analogy, you can miss an opportunity for leadership because of your desire for friendship um, and vice versa. And so what I've learned, because in 99 percent of the rooms that I am in, I am in some leadership capacity. Uh, I have learned to just ask questions up front, really be able to identify what it is and deal with it accordingly. Some have some feedback happening. But that's also what I will say as, as well, uh, Bishop. That's that's why you need to be honest with yourself, even with dealing with relationships, because that keeps the water from getting real murky. So for like if 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 I admire Bishop Foreman's preaching or his business acumen or whatever that is there, if once I recognize that there's no need for me to try to befriend him like I want to be cool with him, like what you want to do, you want to go out there. I know that's the problem though. Why are you doing that when really you're looking for someone, you're looking for someone to learn from? So let me stop trying to do all this buddy buddy hangout stuff and say, hey, you know, Bishop Foreman, can I can I get 15 minutes to pick your brain about X, Y, and Z? And we don't have to because then what happens is I come off as fake. Because I actually I'm I'm trying to make it seem like I'm befriending you when I actually have a different agenda. And you come off as fake for anybody who can recognize and, that and you don't get Derek. you you wanted to say something yeah i just think that it's important like what was saying earlier is that we as individuals we have to place people because like those persons that are misjudging what their relationship are like their intentions of a relationship with us sometimes they don't know the difference because i've had people who you know they wanted me to be a brother they wanted me to be a husband they wanted me to be a father all these things in one they didn't really realize that because they hadn't done the work. You know, they, you know, we all needed to do some therapy or whatever. But later on, they started they started realizing that the relationships they were trying, we were supposed to just be, you know, friends, but they needed me to be all these different things. But they didn't realize it in the moment, you know. So we, I, what, like what Bishop was saying, we can't depend on them 
we got to do it. We got to just decide where am I going to put you and then and then deal with them that way. Is it okay though, Derek, for it to morph, for it to change, for it to become something other than what you initially put them in the box to be? Yeah, I mean, people change, relationships change. So, I mean, I guess they're not locked into the box. For me, it's going to be a little... It's gonna be it's gonna be difficult to move you out of that box once I get you there. Like you gotta really prove something to me, um, because like, kind of what y'all were talking about earlier. I I had a therapist who shared some stuff with me about like relationship types and why it's so important. Because you will like in relationships you build together, whatever it is, right? So like sometimes you are teaching somebody to build, you know, for themselves. Sometimes you're building together, like something where you can, it might be intimacy where you can live together in that. Say you're building a house, right? Figuratively, you and your wife, you and your spouse, whatever, you build together with your resources and then you can, both people can live in that house. But if it's like teacher, student, you're teaching somebody to build. You're using your resources to teach them. They build, you might even show them or help them build. But at the end of the day, it's their house. And you'll end up tired and frustrated because you're thinking, oh, I can rest in this house we built, but it's not your house. It's somebody else's house. So anyway, I know it's kind of good, kind of, you know, over the head, but you get the right point. Bishop, I'm going to move inside. It's getting, it's getting dark out here. I don't want any kind of animals. I was going to say, there's no art. No art. No, no, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Virginia at my father's oh, okay. house. Okay. So, but it's getting a little dark. I'm getting scared. So I'm going to go in the house. So <laughs> I still see the sun. You got, I, I was just going to say, uh, to the point about it, morphing. Uh, Bishop, you and I's friendship is a great example of that. You and I both met as colleagues, pure, purely as colleagues who were serving together uh, on a particular board. Uh, we met as colleagues. We interacted as colleagues. In fact, I told you, and we had this conversation the other day, when I first met you, I thought, this guy is rude. He is rude. I said something else, but he is rude. But what did we do? At, through conversation, you and I, through conversation, were able to quickly identify that we were able to connect in a way. And this is going on 15, 16 years now that we have been friends. Um, and our friendship is that that sticks closer than a brother. I mean, we, we, there, there is, if you call me at two o'clock in the morning, and I saw your name on that phone. I'm going to answer the phone and know something going on if he calling it too. Um, our friendship has morphed through the years. I have watched your kids grow up. You have watched me grow a lot of grown people up <laughs> and raise a lot of grown people. Um, uh, is that what I mean? That's what it is. But so, so in all of that, it, it morphed. Um, but it was because of communication and, uh, and a mature approach to friendship, too, which I think, Q, you were kind of intimating at earlier, is that it, it, it requires maturity um, to really do that because, um, um, you know, based on my initial thought of you, and I don't know, what did you think of me initially? I know it's your show, but actually, I'm curious. Actually, you told me, you told me, you told me last week, but tell the people. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, honestly, uh, you have, you, the one thing about you, and, and and I appreciate that. In fact, I, I, I think I can say that uh, for, probably, for, for probably each of you on, on, on the show today is that you haven't been anything other than what you've always been. Now, we all grow, we all change, we all mature, we all do this. But Bishop, you've been solid since, you know, since day one. You know, we had to fill each other out and, you know, kind of 
see see where you know the lines are or whatever this that and the other but i think we instantly found a way to connect it's like i think after the first couple of days it was like you know i can fool with that dude he he you know he's he he's some stuff i, I can fool with him he's my kind of uh, person yeah you know he's, he's, right. he's my kind of person right? right and so um and i think it happens, and I think for everybody who would be listening and everybody uh, who would be trying to really define, it's about, I think you have to be who you are. You have to be genuine about who you are so that you also don't give a false impression that somebody else can latch on to and think that you have the potential to be this or you have the potential to be that when that you don't have that potential, but you were trying to put on a face to please somebody. I, I told you at the very, very first beginning, I was a, I can be a butthole. I know that. That's who I am. I I get it. And and just like you said, when you first met me, you were like, this dude is rude. Because typically, what I think, I, I say, me and Derek won't, we were texting the other day, and I said something, he says, I don't think you can say that. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? You're right, Derek. I shouldn't say that, but that's what came to my head. And that's what I said. I said what I said because I don't try to be anybody other than who I am. You either take me or you don't. And I'm cool with it either way because I'm not going to alter the core of who I am. Now, I'm going to grow. I'm going to mature. I'm going to do better when I know better. But the reality is I am who I am. The essence of who Roy Bright is is who it is. And so you either like it or you don't. And I'm not gonna morph so that you can like me. If you don't like me, kick rocks. That's just what it is. And but what you just said though, Bishop, is, is I think the the substratum of what all of us is saying, which is the importance because if you're building, if you're trying to connect, if you're trying to figure out where does this fit, all of that is subsequent to how they're labeled. It watch me, not what it's labeled, but how they are labeled. Not what you label it, but the, what they are presenting to themselves. And so if you're presenting to us that you're Ruth Chris when you're really outback, well, you know, there's a different level of value there. There's a different expectation there. And so I think that is the substratum of all of this is that, you know, who is the person really, which is why I think conversation is so important up front whenever you connect with people. Because, you know, again, if this is only supposed to be a business situation, well, let's just handle the business and keep it moving. Um, and we can figure that out through communication and conversation. Yeah, but, don't take the phone. But but don't but don't lead me to believe that you are, you know, a five star dining establishment when you are Golden Corral uh, brunch on Saturday morning. Which I will say, depending on the day, might be amazing tasting. And those rolls are amazing. Yeah, the rolls are good, Rev. But you can throw all the rest of it out, except for <laughs> they got this this turkey with gravy that you can use to roll the sock. Ah, bless his name that you can use. Bless <laughs> bourbon chicken, but I don't know nothing about the about the turkey. So uh, Susan says, action speaks louder than words, and and she's absolutely right. Uh, but but your actions have to be pure. Your actions have to be genuine. Randy says, compartmentalize. That's deep. It's like having different levels of friends. Absolutely, a person who has a strong liking for and trust in another person. Absolutely, uh, yeah, because. I think that you do yourself, we do ourselves a disservice when 
we don't present the right product out there. I, I want to kind of kind of rewind back a lot to what you said. Uh, maybe it was it was either Bishop or Q. One of y'all said something about no, I think it was Q. You said when we're talking about labels, labels talk about what uh, what the product is, but it also differentiates with price. Um, and, and all of these other kinds of things in there. Uh, but here's the real question. Do we actually shop for the labels? Or do we just pick up off the shelf? Q, I'll start with you. Uh, neither. I get what um, what tastes good. And by experience, when I know something tastes good and I know I like it, then I'll go back and get it again. Um, now I am willing to try things that I haven't tried before. So if I haven't tried it, then I will try it. And once I either like it or don't like it, I don't care how good the label is. If it don't fit right on my shoulders, if I don't enjoy how the fabric, then I'm not getting it again. I don't care what the label is on it. Um, so it's I'm, I'm open, but it's also trial and error. Um, and just the other thing that I say, as far as even with the compartmentalizing, what the guy said, that goes both ways. A lot of people like me. I know a lot of people like me because I can go from leader to follower literally just like that. Some of my best friends, um, Blue, if y'all know him, he's done music for a long time. Best, best, one of my best friends. The moment we get on some music type stuff, I immediately fall back because he's been doing this longer than me. He's the teacher. I'm following his lead. I'm learning from him. I got another best friend, been doing business and construction. We can be talking about whatever we want to. Oh, fool, you crazy, this and this. As soon as he start talking business, my mouth shut up and my ears open up. I immediately fall back and I know how to take the lead the same way. But so that's how you can actually hold multiple labels or titles at the same time when you have enough humility to know when you are what in what situation and what scenario. Derek, I want you to talk about that shifting because that's interesting. Uh, that's a dynamic I hadn't considered. Are there relationships that you have where you vacillate depending on the specific of the situation? Um, I, I have to think about that, but I don't think so. Right off the top of my head, I don't think so. Because I think once, once I sort of put you in whatever category you're going to be in, that's it for me. Um, so I, it, I'm not going to say that there's a never, never an opportunity for us to sort of like change whatever. But for me, it's usually black and white. So yeah, um, I, I am a person who is very interested in the label and you know what's it, what the back of the label is, and all of the ingredients and all that. I, I need to know all of that, um, and and I'm very specific as to you know what I'm going to uh, put in my uh, cart. Yeah, because Derek, when I first met you, uh, you took me to a juice shop and they they mowed some grass and you had me taste the grass. You, I mean, you've always been. <laughs> they did not mow the grass. They mowed the grass, man. That was grass. Some grass. Same thing. Same thing. Wheat grass shop. Wheat grass shop. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. They just it tasted like outside. It, it, it tasted like outside. Exactly like they went out to the lawn and cut the grass and bought the grass and put it. Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> Bishop, what about you? This idea that Q kind of introduced, uh, you know, about kind of shifting. Have Have you been in those environments? Absolutely, and I think the I think wisdom knows to shift. 
Um, when I am around, you know what I noticed? Um, and just because the show is called Out the Box, I'll just say this. I've noticed um, even to one of the comments made earlier about the, the value and quality of different connections and relationships. I've noticed all of my multimillionaire friends, when I call them, they answer within the first couple of calls. And if they don't answer, they will apologize for not answering. Uh, and that taught me something. It taught me that they recognize the value of what I brought, but they also recognize the value of our connection. I've looked at some other that perhaps were not at that level of financial prowess. And they always busy, always got something going on, always doing this, always doing that. And it taught me, it, I, I learned so much uh, from that. Um, and I have learned, I love, I love Q's example there. There are certain environments, certain connections, certain friendships, et cetera, where depending, predicated upon what we're dealing with, it's time for me to, you know, remember, uh, uh, on Planet of the Apes, when he put his hand down to, you know, say, look, I'm following. And then there's other times um, where uh, leaders who I, I, you know, and individuals that I would, you know, I am sitting there in the position of a student, well, they will intentionally reverse it because they desire to learn and grow uh, for me or what have you. So I have learned that it's important to know when to switch from student to teacher. But again, that takes maturity because, because when the switch happens, you cannot dis disrespect the switch because of what it was before you switched. Um, and I think I think that's important. You know, uh, uh, something yeah, you, you talked about um, kind of, you know, the depth of our friendship and how long it's been this, that and the other. And people uh, probably don't know in all of those years. And it's only happened jokingly, but you never even called me Roy. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, we, yeah, we only do that joking. And, and here's why. And this, and different people will look at this different, and that's fine. I'm not their friend. I'm your friend. <laughs> and, uh, they can look at it how they want to look at it. I believe you can't receive from what you don't respect. So while you are my friend, you are also a man of God. And I want to make sure I am in a posture of receiving. Now, we have fun. We clown. We do. We talk about everything under the sun. We eat good. I'm going to put you back on a plane because you ain't left that city since since Corona. No, I um, but that's just me. Um, and it is not because of some overly because because I hear it's not because of some overly churchy thing. It has nothing to do with that. Um, um, if you weren't bishop, I would say doctor. It is because I respect you as a man. I respect you uh, as a leader. And so for me, you can't receive from what you don't respect. And what I've enjoyed most about our friendship, again, it takes maturity, is that we teach each other. And so there are moments where I'm the teacher and you're like, hmm, wow. And then there's a reversal where I'm like, hmm, okay, you're right. And that's that's the beauty of, of our friendship. But again, if I was to borrow something from a from another gentleman who gets online, because we're high value men, we understand it. <laughs> and uh, these gentlemen on here are high value men. Everybody's not going to understand that. I will be there, Melvis. I will be there yeah. uh, in a couple of months. I yeah. promise I'll see y'all in a couple of He's months. He's the vice chairman of the board. Shande. Yeah. Amen. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, you know, I have, I have great stories uh, about. Uh, uh, you know, of, you know, experiences uh, with all of you guys, you, you guys are, 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 are solid, solid people. And I appreciate you being um, on the show tonight, us talking about these labels. And I, I guess kind of imparting what, 
if each of you can kind of give a parting, we'll start with Derek. Just some parting advice to people about labeling. Um, I, for me, I think that it's more important for you to define yourself um, or better yet to understand who you are. So before you can start trying to understand everybody else, just understand who you are. I think that's the beginning, sort of like that's any lesson in my classroom they know anything that's worth teaching has to do with them understanding something about themselves right um so it's first know thyself before you can do thine own self be true um so and if, if any kind of thing any sort of difficult question that i've had in my life i always say i, I come back to who am i who am i if i know who i am then i know what i would do in that situation um this is not to negate any kind of like prayer and all that kind of stuff but that's my thing so for anyone out there that's listening my part in words would be to to be or better yet to become. So whatever it is you're, you're working on, you know who that is, identify it, whatever that identity is, you set the definition, you become that, worry about yourself, all that other stuff <laughs> will fall into place. Q. Um, again, I, I would just say, be it before you claim it. And that's whether it's yourself or what you're trying to project the label uh, on a person. You allow that relationship to be before you claim it to be something. Don't give validity to something that does not deserve it or has not yet earned it. I if like you, that too. So, um, like both of y'all say it. Just, like just that. you know, let let the actions and let and let let all of that speak for itself before you. Because then, if you're not doing that, then you just start reaching and be honest with yourself. If you if you desire friendship, if you feel like you need better friends be honest with yourself if you're honest with yourself then you can properly start developing relationships and stop reaching if you miss if you have a void in your life like if you have a parental void in your life if you if you didn't have the father figure that you wanted if you didn't have the mother that you want be honest with yourself so that way you don't have to keep trying to call people your spiritual fathers when really you were looking for a natural father that you never had it's two totally different things. And now you're reaching for something that's never going to be what you're looking for. Um, so be honest with yourself. Uh, and once you do that, then you can, you know, let those relationships play out and then allow people who are first, you know, be who you are first, be who you are. Do not try to conform yourself to what you think people will like, because now you're going to have to uphold this facade to try to maintain these relationships and you now you just put yourself in another box that you you you're still not being who you were meant to be or who you feel comfortable being so uh, a lot of it just got to do with honesty i i mean i keep going on in circles but that, that's pretty much it bishop foreman i won't want to accuse mike things i just want to be very honest I, you know that. what i do too and i've been thinking about getting me one too uh, i'll send you, well, you, you where i got uh, it from hey because you know uh you know uh oh uh well, Larry Reed told told some folks this week if they spend them a couple hundred dollars on a good, you know, mic and you know, four or five hundred dollars on a good camera, they could really kind of up their game. And I'm looking at this mic and and I'm like, I, I might need to give me one of them mic. Okay, Bishop Foreman. Yeah. So I, I will I will my last word would be, and I agree with what both of the gentlemen uh said. I would say this. Um, I'll quote the late Dr. Maya Angelou. Uh, and most of us, when we quote it, we forget the most integral part of her quote. She says, when people show you who they are, believe them. Here's the part I didn't know until last year that she actually said the, the first time. time. Yeah. Um, and that that's the coup de grace of the quote. And so 
Um, and I would say not just for other people, but even for yourself um, to encapsulate what both gentlemen said. When you show yourself who you are um, and that gives you an opportunity to change that or make that better. And so that being said, live, learn, and then let's live better. All right, guys, thank you so much, uh, everybody. I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.